The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. What is shaking, everyone? What's happening today, everybody? Hopefully you're having a good day, and we thank you for joining us wherever you may be. Another edition of TPS Midweek going on. I'm your host, Craig Bobby. Lots of stuff going on this week, which is why we're here. I call this the TPS Relief Valve. and This gets deployed whenever there's just so much stuff going on in the news or in the pinball world, or we just have some more to say, damn it. And we certainly have a ton of stuff going on here this week. Well, let's face it, we basically went from 0 to 100 here overnight with the release of a new title by Stern. So that's always exciting. If you're listening in the morning, I call this Breakfast at the Bobbies. And if you're listening at night, I call it Let's Get Drunk. But either way, it's all good. And I'm also just going to give a little parental warning for this show until my editing skills get a little better. You might hear me or some of my co-hosts using adult language. We get a little excited from time to time and like to throw in the odd F-bomb here and there. Anyway, and a big thanks to Zach and Dennis as they've been very kind or or maybe very foolish (laughs) enough to hand over the reins of this fine show for me for a period of time. So I think Zach said something along the lines that you may have heard your father tell you when you took out the family wagon for the first time yourself. Now, son, always check your blind spot, watch your speed, and for God's sake, no karaoke! Oh, Zach, don't tempt me. How do you like me now, Papa Mini? <laughs> no, 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 don't worry. This is still a pinball show. Keep your flipper toppers down. Keep your flipper toppers down, as they say. This is still a pinball show. I got you guys. No worries. We'll do all the good folks at TPS Proud here. So back to the format. We're going to be carrying on some discussions that our big brother Zach and Dennis started earlier in the week over at TPS. We're going to be following some news items. We're going to be sharing some opinions. Hey, We're going to even bring on some of the correspondents like we did a couple weeks ago because that was sure a lot of fun. Whenever they got stuff going on, we're for sure going to bring them on and hear what they have to say. And uh, we're going to keep it short and sweet and keep it to the point because we'd rather have you coming back for a little more. And we're, of course, going to have as much fun as we can all the way. So it is Canada after all. So why not? Let's reach for the stars, everybody. I got a lot of crazy ideas swirling around my head at the moment for what we could do with the show, but for now, we're just going to keep it simple, have a little fun, and similar to the SpaceX launch, let's just get this puppy off the ground and get everyone back to Earth safely, shall we? But hey, let's not delay any further here, because today, well, today is a very special day. Whenever a new pinball machine is announced, I always hear this in my head. (laughs) 
in my head, I, I see like a baboon holding up a tiny pinball machine in the air for the pinball community to marvel at, you know, and everyone's like, oh, Jesus. And, you know, there's people weeping in the crowd and cheering. And, you know, these are things to be celebrated. But enough of that. We all know that last week Stern had a baby and they called that baby the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, thank God for Stern Pinball in that they are continuing to manufacture and pump out these great titles in the world multiple times a year and give us all something to look forward to and talk to. So thank goodness that they are continuing doing what they're doing. And thank goodness, frankly, for all the pinball companies that are still around today and are continuing to design and manufacture and give us some awesome toys year in and year out. So this is truly something to be grateful for and thankful for. So the TMNT game was finally released, and although it wasn't a complete surprise, I was shocked by how Stern blew right past Heavy Metal and jumped straight into the big show with this new title. (laughs) You can sort of hear them talking, I, I sort of hear them saying, We got this, guys. Just settle the fuck down. We're going to give you what you want, okay? Settle down. So we're all waiting and wondering, and then the Stern launch comes, and I guess 24 hours before the actual official release date, the leaked images, of course, were circling, and it was like, oh, they made it this far, and they couldn't quite... So it's a strange thing, isn't it? I've got a few feelings about it. One was... These are good problems to have when you are on the verge or I guess, yeah, on the verge, on the eve of releasing a game. Like, thank God that Stern has so many fans out there and a, and a ravenous community that people even give two shits about these things. I mean, can you imagine if, the, if like, <laughs> if there was a launch and there was sort of just like crickets like... seems like a simple problem to solve, right? Like the distributors, they have this distributor meeting the day before the launch, and then somehow between that meeting and the actual official launch of the game, leaked images start floating around. So, you know, putting, you don't have to be a genius putting two and two together. They made it all that way with not a single leaked image. image. Shit, I couldn't find out anything about this game from anyone. And then all of a sudden after this meeting, images start to get released. And and then you see the uncomfortable cease and desist letters from Stern, which I get what they were trying to do there, absolutely. But it was a little uncomfortable, I got to admit, to read these things. It's like, ooh, geez, are we really, you know, this thing's going to be launching in eight hours. What's the what's the deal here? It was unfortunate. I'm just going to leave it at that. It was unfortunate. I think they could be handled better. Why not just hand out the pricing and say, guys, we'll talk to you about it tomorrow when it it comes out. You know the price. So at least you can, if someone asks you how, how much the thing costs, you can at least talk like you know what you're doing. They're so close. And certainly... Uh, there is a lot to learn from these launches. So they're almost there. Come on, guys, you're almost there. You're doing great. So let's move past that now because, of course, this thing is now out into the world and we've had the launch and 
There are lots of brilliant images of this out there now and, and great video. When I saw the full high-res images and HD video, I was truly blown away because despite the awful, awful technical difficulties with the, um, with the stream initially, ironically, the game looked incredible. It looked like a ton of fun. It was brilliant. It was bright. It reminded me literally of a comic book with a pinball bouncing around over the over all the pages. And I got to say, that's all Zombie Yeti. I mean, that art package truly, if you were nervous about seeing what Zombie Yeti was going to do with this thing, whoa, did you sleep better the next day because it was incredible when you saw all of those high-res images. I mean, like Zach said, Zombie Yeti made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look better than I remember them being in my head. I mean, the, he he really took the most iconic images of that of those of that franchise, and I think added a completely fresh and new dimension to them. Just in terms of the detail and the way he he drew them, it was. All the nostalgia with the modern flair, I guess you want to call it, of his artistry. And uh, anyway, A++, if you're going to rate that sucker, that was a home run right out of the gate on the art. Stern really put their A-team on this title, I think. You know, they've got John Borg, who was the main designer. Dwight Sullivan was the lead coder, and of course, as we said, Zombie Yeti was the artist on this game. I think if you had to rate these guys, I'm as a as a collective, I'm going to say that Stern put their A team on this title. They really did. I mean, between John and Dwight and and Zombie Yeti, collectively, there's so much experience in that room. I mean, I if I own this company and I put those three guys in the room, I'd be like, well, that's going to be a winner. <laughs> Even if you gave him the most horrible title and asset on the planet, like The Last Airbender or Jack and Jill or something, pizza pie, pizza pie. These guys, honestly, you put them in a room and and let alone giving them a huge asset like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which has a huge following and a major nostalgic theme to it. So if you were going to bet money on a title that was going to be successful with these guys in the room at the helm, boy, it's time to mortgage the farm because this is the winner. This is the one that you want to bet on. And I know individually they've all had titles that have gotten, some of them have gotten mixed reviews. I think somewhat unfairly. But again, collectively, you put these guys in the same room, and I think you can only expect good things. And good things is what they've done. So again, I'm not going to get into every single little feature. I'm going to tell you what I thought a couple of my favorite features were when I saw the, um, the full reveal stream and, and started looking at the... Um, the package that Stern provided. I think the eight ball multi ball was unfriggin' real when I saw that thing. I was like, Jesus. With that spinner going at the same time, I mean, it was friggin' chaos on that uh, play field, which was unbelievable. I started thinking, shit, maybe I want one of these things because it looks spectacular. And with that light show going, I almost had a seizure watching the watching the friggin' thing. I also thought that one of the coolest features of this game was the ability to do the versus mode or the co-op mode, as they were calling it. 
And I just wonder, you know, having that feature, like Zach was saying in uh, in his show, where you can go, you know, one versus three or two versus two or everyone versus the, you know, the computer where you're trying to get to, to different wizard modes. I think it's such a great feature. It made me think, I wonder if Stern is ever going to offer that as a backward compatible feature for all the games that have come before that. Wouldn't that be fantastic if they started to roll that back through Jurassic Park and, and, and let's say, Monsters and maybe even Lord of the Rings? I mean, God only knows. Elvira. I just think it's it's one of those features similar to the connectivity feature where it's been rumored that they might make that backwards compatible. I just think it's a feature that would be so cool if they carry that forward. If not backward, hopefully they carry it forward into their new releases where that becomes sort of a staple feature of all their titles. I think it'd be fantastic. And I think it's going to be one that the community is really going to embrace as well, as they did with Scott Denisi's Total Nuclear Annihilation, which is and that was one of the big selling points of that title. So bravo, Stern, for bringing that into their world and making that a mainstay of this title. I just think it's brilliant. You know, the only negative thing I, I might have thought was I wasn't so crazy about the fact that that diverter glider mech was only available on the premium and LE models. I know that Stern's trying to steer the home buyer into that range and that they're trying to, you know, strip these pros down a little bit more for the operators or for people that, frankly don't want to spend the money on a, on a premium or LE. And so they give you quite a bit of functionality on those pros, probably like Dennis was saying, a little bit more than they typically do with the pro models. But overall, I was extremely impressed. I think they're going to sell a shitload of these things. And I do think they've thrown down the mic to the other manufacturers that now have to chase them for those pin dollars, but it'll obviously be very exciting to see what the other manufacturers have to show us this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. This is supposed to be a big year for everybody, and uh, although things have been slightly delayed by the whole COVID situation, a little minor pandemic that everyone has to uh, make their way through, uh, there looks like there is some good times coming on the other side of this. So can't wait to see what the other manufacturers have to show us in the coming weeks and months. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Some good pinball times coming at ya. What's going on? Soon you will know what it is like to be defeated by the hands of somebody who is truly better than you. As William Blake wrote, the catworm forgives the plow. But let me just quote the late, great Colonel Sanders, who said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. What's that got to do with this? I got a message for all of them, right? Shake and bake. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just <laughs> happened. What is that, a catchphrase or is that uh, epilepsy? Shake and bake. Yeah. What? Shake and bake. So I'm going to back up next and talk a little bit about some of the stuff, some of the drama, let's call it that, that was going on just prior to the launch of this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles title. And then, of course, on the opening day, the drama sort of spilled over into some of the pinball enthusiasts chat stream. Thank God that John from Jack Bar and Zach talked and worked things out. I was so happy for the two of them that they did that because, you know, 
John, I've, although I've never met him, sounds like an awesome guy. And Zach, of course, is an awesome guy. And how sad would that have been if they had left that disagreement, maybe not as enemies, but for sure being pissed off at one another. And instead, of course, they talked and worked it out. Oh, wasn't that nice and sweet? Me, me, me. Truthfully, it was good. I mean, it was good for the community, I think, to hear that. And I wish more of that would go on. Of course, Orbital Albert over on the Pinball Nerds podcast had a problem last week with Jack Danger. And what does he do? But he picks up the phone and he calls Jack. And by the end of that one, well, or- Albert didn't sound as resolved or as happy at the end of that one as uh, Zach and John did. But I at least Albert picked up the phone. He saw something he didn't like. And he said, damn it, I'm going to call Jack and, and see what he has to say. And so I was impressed that he actually did that. And he actually, um, if not confronted Jack, he questioned what was happening. And they could have a conversation, which is what it's all about. And anyway, so the pitfalls of social media, you know, of email, any kind of digital communication where you can't actually talk or see the person uh, is potential for communication disaster, as they say. So I was I was happy to hear anyway that some of those problems that we that were fairly prominent in the community got resolved. And often they do once people get together, of course. It was nice to hear that those played out in a very positive way and they and they seem to have happy endings. Now, I know you guys always can't pick up the phone and call FlipperNuts84 on the Pinside chat or on Facebook. But, I, you know, if you had the chance or maybe you could just visualize it in your mind that these are actually people at the end. Hey, you heard it all before. I'm not going to fucking lecture you about social media etiquette. But I'm just saying I'm thrilled that these guys were able to work it out and they picked up the phone and talked with each other and of course they're awesome and they worked it all out so bravo to communication and down with the trolls shake and bake you'll be my best friend forever so i'm gonna leave you guys with a little funny story today about competitive pinball at the beginning of this year i had the um, opportunity to play in a pinball competition. And I got this idea from listening to our friends Jeff Teolis and Marty Robbins who are over on the final round pinball podcast. Anyway, the first show that those guys did on their um, on their final round show was about the joy and the fun of doing competitive pinball and how you know what it was like for them when they first started out and I had so I the first time I'm listening to them I had this epiphany. I was like, shit, of course, I'm going to play competitive pinball. It's going to be awesome. And I've always had this thought in my head, like I've known the average person walked up to a pinball machine off the street and started playing. I think in my head, at least, that I'm better than the average person. But you never kind of know, right, until you're, you know, whenever I get with friends and, and family or I'm out, I'm usually getting free games I might get the odd high score where I'm playing. I feel like over the years, I'm a decent, I become, let's call it an okay player. But you never know until you start to play. So anyway, I get this idea from, or Jeff and, and Marty were kind enough to share their thoughts about competitive pinball, as they always do every week. And I get the idea that this is going to be a fun thing. So out I go. And so one of the first competitions that I went to of any decent size was a competition up here in Canada 
put on by a, a little private pinball league called Bluffs Pinball. And they're out in the east side of Toronto in a subdivision called Scarborough. And a big shout out to Walt Moros out there, who uh, is one of the organizers of that league. There's a bunch of them, but so thank you to him for making that an enjoyable and fun experience. Was the first contact that I had there, so thank you to him. So anyway, I go to the um, I go to the competition. Never done it before, and of course I heard that Jeff Teolis was going to be there. Once I signed up, I was like, shit, the guy that gave me the idea is going to be actually at the show. And I'd heard that he was Canadian. He's out of London, Ontario, which is only a couple hours away. So I was thrilled at the end of the day that he was going to be there. I'm all excited, nervous. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I get in there. Of course, everyone's very friendly and welcoming as Marty and Jeff said they would be um, and promised that all these events are really welcoming. Tons of games from all different eras. There's EMs. There's the new Aerosmith. Games from the 80s. It's all, I mean, there's about 25 or 30 games in this place. And it's a it's a small warehouse that they have taken a portion of. And there's all these games lined up. Anyway, the time comes to get down to business and actually compete. And it was, I guess what the best way I describe it was, it was a scramble. I don't know if that's the technical word. Anyway, everyone puts their name basically in a hat. If you've ever done this before, it's not a hat in the computer. And the computer starts to starts to spit out um, who's going to go up against each other. And generally, when there's a lot of people in the competition, you're going up in groups of three or four on a machine. Perfect. So first game out of the bat, shit, I'm in the same group as Jeff. So away we go. Never met Jeff before, right? We come over to a game called No Fear. I don't know if anyone's played No Fear or that you're, you guys know the, the title. It's a 1995 Williams machine designed by Steve Ritchie. Very cool game. Big skull on the play field, lots of flames, tons of ramps. It's a very cool looking game. It's a lot of fun. I had had maybe one, one game before the competition started to play this. Anyway, competition starts. There I am. Here comes Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm Craig. Of course, Jeff doesn't know me. We don't have time to talk. So I'm just like, hey, how are you? I, you know, great to meet you. Now, Jeff, by the way, is ranked on the IPDA, um, the International Pinball Federation website. He's like number 50 in the world. We're not talking about like 3,000th. We're talking 50. He's in the top 100. And here I am with him. And the first thing I'm like, shit. Anyway, we go, and of course, I, the computer says, I got to go first. I'm like, well, fuck, here we go. So I go, I have a great ball. I actually can't believe it. And Jeff's like, I can hear him over my shoulder. He's like, wow, you're having a great ball. I'm like, no shit, Jeff. (laughs) Thanks. Anyway, turn ends. I step back. I'm sweating. There's, it's, I'm very nervous, right? As you are when you, when you start to compete. Jeff gets up. He's number two. He has a horrible ball. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm beating fifth. I'm beating the 50th ranked guy in the world here. My God. And I'm thinking, hey, maybe I'm the pinball wizard. Maybe I'm the chosen one. I'm trying to be calm, though. I'm like, OK, it's only ball one, dude. Just settle down. Anyway, third guy goes. He's having a decent a decent enough ball so that Jeff starts to talk to me. So I'm a little nervous. I'm like, yeah, I've never actually played this game before. It's my second game. It's a pretty, pretty fun game. Have you ever played it before, Jeff? He's like, well... I got to tell you, No Fear was actually the first pinball machine I ever owned. <laughs> I'm like, shit. Instantly on my head, I'm like, I am fucked. 
this guy is going to destroy. If I had any hope or any thought that I was going to beat the 50th ranked pinball player in the world on this first game of my first competition, that immediately went out the window. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. And Jeff was like, oh, yeah, you got it. And he's giving me all these tips about the game. I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out where the, f- I'm just trying to make sure I know how to hit the fucking flippers. That's how nervous I was when the ball comes down. All of a sudden, I'm forgetting how to play pinball. That's how nervous I am. So I'm like, Jesus. Of course, second ball, right? So the guy, the, the third guy up, his ball finally stops. I'm like, okay, Jeff tap, taps down the back. He's okay, good luck. I go, my next two balls were fucking horrible. I probably, if my first ball lasted, I'm guessing it was probably three to four minutes. I, I was having a good game. I, I probably had, you know, I probably racked up a $30 million, 25, 30 million points in my first, in my first ball. I was like, oh yeah, this is the winner. Second, third balls, like boom, boom. They must've been 30 seconds each, right? Meanwhile, Jeff on his third and fourth ball smokes everybody. He's, you know, he probably finished 150, 200 million miles ahead of everybody. Anyway, that's my Jeff Teola story. I I thought, Jeff, it was a great, it was a great first, ma- first match. If I ever get that chance again, ooh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Jeff's like, no problem, Bobby. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Anyway, it was a lot of fun. I hi- the the point of all that was if you're thinking about competing in one of these matches, I highly recommend it. There are a ton of fun even to do it once. You will be humbled, but it, you will also meet a ton of people, which is the bottom line. And that's really what it's all about. It's about meeting new people, having a ton of fun, having a few brews while you're playing and relaxing. So Jeff and Marty, thanks for the great idea. Oh, and of course, by the end of it, I finished the entire competition. Oh, I wasn't just middle of the pack, which I thought, okay, well, at least if I do this and I come middle of the pack, I'm going to be happy. Oh, I finished second last out of 40. So how does that make you feel, Mr. Average Pinball Guy? (laughs) It was, oh, yeah, I was eating humble pie on the way home. I was like, Jesus, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if I love it or hate it. I I, Honestly, it took me a day or two just to figure out in my head whether I wanted to do that again. And I joined the league. I thought, you know what? I had a good enough time at the end of all that, and I wanted to get better. I was like, God damn it, I could have done better on so many many of those games. So I joined the league, and it was a ton of fun. We went out every week. I started to get to know some of the guys there a little better, and and it ended up being a ton of fun. And I slowly, or I am slowly, getting a little better. But it does take, as anything, practice makes perfect. So thanks, Jeff and Marty, again for your enthusiasm for the sport and your encouragement to everybody who's thinking about competitive pinball i'd highly recommend it if you're a fan of the hobby and you've done it never done it before i highly recommend you do it very very enjoyable and jeff i'm coming for you buddy Ooh, you pinball devil i got your i know your moves now makes no sense so it's shake and bake it's nonsense hey baby you're so smooth. Thanks, darling. Hell, you could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to me ramble for 25 minutes or so. It's been a ton of fun. Hopefully, I'll be back the next time there's a lot going on in the pinball world. But until the next time, I'm Craig Bobby for TPS Midweek. Catch you on the flip side. I
Sie.